Hello everyone, this is Deanne Wooden from the Queensland Association of School Tuck Shops and you're listening to the Talking Healthy Tuck Shops podcast, the show that talks all things school tuck shops. From the health of your kids and family to your own well-being and happiness, we'll explore topics that matter to you, giving you easy ways to implement them in your tuck shop and your day-to-day life. Today, we're talking about celebrating you and how sometimes in order to be there for others, you just need to take some time out for yourself and you shouldn't feel guilty about it. We're joined by happiness expert, Claire Massingham. Claire writes and speaks on topics including happiness, motivation, change, how exercise can make you feel good, guilt-free self-care, emotional well-being and healthy lifestyles. Claire believes health and happiness go hand in hand And to get started on a healthier life journey sometimes requires breaking through some barriers. Claire likes to talk about the happiness bank, investing in your own happiness and topping up your bank. Claire, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, first question, Claire. To be honest, when I first heard you talk about the happiness bank, I was a little sceptical. The first thing that came to my mind was the positive thinking movement, all Zen and crystals, which to me is not particularly useful in this real life that we are living. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by this term? Yes, I absolutely can, Deanne. Look, I fully understand um, your scepticism because I'm the first one to put up my hand and go, oh my gosh, you know, it's really totally unrealistic to think that you can be happy all of the time. And in fact, it can be quite damaging to your well-being. Um, The messaging around happiness and positive thinking movement can really put people off because I think it feels like it's impossible to attain and then people don't even start. Um, And I also think the word, the actual word happiness can be misleading too, because people assume, as I said, that to be happy, you must experience these positive feelings all the time. But, you know, that is actually far from the truth. Happiness encompasses a whole range of feelings. And I see happiness very much as an umbrella word. And underneath that umbrella is a whole lot of other positive emotions, such as excitement and engagement and peacefulness and being grateful, um, interest, uh, and also engagement. So there's lots of other words that we can use to describe a state of happiness. It doesn't always have to be that high energy, woo, you know, sort of happiness feeling. It can be a bit of a lower energy, which is more about feeling peaceful and satisfied. Um, There is a a great body of research that says when we're creating positive emotions, we actually are operating at our best. And our brains, when they're operating at neutral or at stressed, tend to shut down. But when we're operating in a more positive mindset, our brains literally open up and we become more creative and we're open to more possibilities. Have you ever felt something like that when when you're feeling really happy and you go, oh, wow, the world's a much better place? Have you ever felt that, Deanne? Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice to know that there is research. I mean, I've got a scientific training kind of background. So, you know, to hear that there's research backing all of this up really makes it sit a lot um, more comfortably for me. (laughs) It does because for some people, you know, with that scientific mind, they go, 
oh, you know, all of this just warm, fuzzy stuff, you know, that, that's all it is. But there's not. There is such a big body of research that says that experiencing positive emotions really does help us to operate at our best. And that's, I mean, that's what we want to do. I think I'd, I'd love to just say to people, it's important to know that what happiness is not, which gives you them a little bit of a framework. So happiness is not having all of your personal needs met. It's not always feeling satisfied with life. It's not feeling pleasure all, all of the time, which I've said before. And it's not about never feeling negative emotions. Um, it's actually about living a really rich, deep and meaningful life. And when we open ourselves up to all the spectrum of normal human emotions, there's, you know, sadness and anger and boredom and all of those other emotions in there. And we need those to balance the happy moments. So it's really important that, you know, people know that being happiness is not just about being, you know, on top of the world all of the time. I love to talk about putting deposits into your happiness account. I think this gives something people to relate to. So to increase your amount of positive emotions, which is kind of what the aim is, not to have them all the time, but just to increase them, I like to say to people, think about opening up a, an account at the happiness bank. And it's just like a rainy day savings account. But instead of putting regular little bits of money into that, you know, every day or every week, what you're doing is the currency of happiness is putting in deposits of gratitude and helping others um, it's also building great relationships, it's exercising, it's eating healthy. So anything that's going to invest in your well-being or make you feel good or thrive and um, flourish, I always get muddled up with that word, is, is going to be a deposit into your happiness account. And if you just put those little deposits in every single day, over time you're going to start to build up a really good foundation of happiness and it ha happens quite subtly, but you look back and you go, oh, now I'm actually starting to consciously look for those little positive moments that make me feel good. Before I wasn't aware of that, but now I am. And once you start doing that, you do start to increase your sense of well-being and your happiness does increase and you start to flourish. Yeah, I agree. And I think the trick there really is about recognizing when you're experiencing those happier times in your life and understanding what, you know, like recognize them when they happen and putting them in the bank, you know, consciously understanding that. And I think picking up on what you were saying about you still need to feel those other feelings of anxiety and concern and sadness. I think those kinds of feelings help you to recognize also when you're feeling happier because it gives you that contrast in your life. Oh, definitely. You know, I was doing a happiness course once and this question is always stuck in my mind. One of the questions was answer A or B. If you had the chance to hit a button that said you were going to be happy for the rest of your life all of the time, would you hit that button? And I had to stop and think, whoa, would I? And my immediate answer was, oh, no, I want contrast. Mm. I, I want to have that contrast um, because if I was happy all the time, then maybe over time I would kind of forget that I was being happy. So I, I totally agree. And I think the other thing I'd, I'd love to just mention is sometimes um, when you're striving for happiness, it's not always just about those pleasurable moments or those little moments of positive emotions. Sometimes we are striving for meaning and purpose in our lives. And on the journey to do that, you actually start to um, experience some uncomfortable emotions as well. And a great example of this was I had a girlfriend recently just graduate after doing a master's um, in health administration. 
And she said to me, Claire, I just felt so euphoric as I was receiving that, that graduation, you know, all of that blood, sweat and tears that had gone into that. But I want to acknowledge along the way, oh my gosh, I was overwhelmed and I was stressed and I was anxious. But I knew that the outcome was what I wanted. I knew that this was going to give me meaning and purpose in my life. So even though she was stressed and experiencing uncomfortable emotions, the deeper feeling was in the end, I'm going to have such a feeling of satisfaction. So I think it's really important to know that happiness is a balance of both. It's a balance of having those pleasurable moments and we need those, but also having some meaning and purpose in our life, which can mean that we're going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that's really great. And what you're saying also reminds me of, you know, that growth mindset where if you're not faced with challenges and difficult situations in life, you're not learning the skills necessarily to overcome them and then growing from those experiences. And, you know, I feel most happy, I think, when I have been through a period of growth and feel that I've gathered more skills and life experiences to get me through the next challenge that life will inevitably throw Absolutely. And that's the key thing. Life is always going to throw us challenges. You know, I say to people, there's always going to be some storm clouds brewing on the horizon. But if you can make hay while the sun shines, in, you know, if you can start putting deposits into your happiness account every day and having some meaning and purpose in your life and investing in your well-being when those storms arrive and they're going to at some point in time, you're going to be in the best possible position to be able to cope with that. Um, they say that, or psychologists say, positive psychologists say that the most resilient and well people are those that can live side by side with those uncomfortable feelings, but still know underneath there, you know, they have meaning and purpose and that this will pass. So I can live with both those uncomfortable and unpleasant emotions and the challenges whilst always, you know, still thriving in my life. Yeah. Thanks, Claire. Look, moving on to the next sort of question in my mind, and because once again, I've got that scientific and health training and um, a lot of my training and sort of understanding about nutrition is all about the the physical health. Um, So I've often wondered what is more important. Is it mental health and well-being or physical health? What are your thoughts on that? Is one more important than the other? Is there a scale? And if people are short on time, which should they prioritize? I know that's a big question. (laughs) It's a massive question. And you know what? I don't have a definitive answer for that because mental health and physical health are just so closely intertwined that I think it's impossible to place importance over one or the other. It's difficult to be mentally well if your physical health is poor. But it's also difficult to be physically well if your mental health is poor. So I'll sort of give you a little bit of a a backstory here. I have two sons who are young men now and they've left home. But I remember just like it was yesterday um, when they were born, I had postnatal depression with both of them. Uh, I had no motivation to do anything at all. And that really took a physical toll on my physical health. Now, intellectually, I knew that I needed to get out and exercise. I just knew that was the case. But do you think I could do it? No way. I just did not have the energy or motivation to do it. And then one day someone said to me, Claire, don't wait to feel motivated to exercise because if you do, it's never going to happen. They said, I know you don't feel like doing it, but you actually need to put those feelings aside and you just need to get outside and do it. And you have to get factual about it. So I remember one day just dragging myself out of the door, I put my joggers on and I started to walk 
And I can guarantee you within 10 minutes, my mood started to shift and I felt just a little bit lighter. Within 30 minutes of getting home, I walked into the door and I felt so much better. And I thought, why Why didn't I do this before? <laughs> why didn't I? Now, the feeling didn't last like forever and the next time I needed to get out, I still didn't feel like doing it. But having done it, I went, oh, hang on a minute, feelings aside, just get out and do it. And that just that one statement was really groundbreaking for me and it's really helped me to, to I, I talk about acting like a robot, just don't let your feelings get aside, just get out and do it. And, um, you know, when I get up in the morning and I'm feeling grumpy because I know I have to exercise, to me now it's a non-negotiable. I, I just, you know, I just get up and I just do it. And I always refer back to that statement, Claire, just, just you know, don't let that little voice in your head say, you know, command that you don't do it. Don't follow that voice. Uh, just put that aside and set your environment up. I have all my clothes out on the floor, by my bed in the morning so I don't have to rummage around in my cupboard having to make a decision about what to wear. That's one roadblock I put out of the way. I set a firm intention before I go to bed so I've got no wriggle room in the morning. And as I said, I'm just like a robot and I do it. So I'm lucky that I've set up that habit. Um, It does make it easier. But I know that for some people, um, that that's hard to do. It, it's they, they just physically can't get out and do it. And I, I recognize that because it is such a tough place to be in. But I would like to encourage um, people that feel like that, that go, look, you know, I can't, I'm not in the right headspace to focus on my physical health. Then could I encourage them to, to think about their mental health and well-being then? And I'll come back to putting those little deposits into your happiness bank every day because little micro moments of joy can make a huge difference. And if you can just deposit those little micro moments, um, and it can be simply as walking outside and going, oh, the sun's on my face today. That feels good. Okay, I'm just going to deposit that. I'm just going to pause for a minute and just soak up that moment. You might come inside, get totally sidetracked with something else, and the next thing you might go, oh, I've just had a really good chat with a friend. Oh, that's another deposit. And just those little tiny tweaks that you can do um, investing in your mental well-being will make a huge positive difference in the long run. And you never know, you may get to the point one day where you go, oh, I'm going to put my joggers on and go for a walk. So it sounds like you've got a bit of a combination going there of tough self-love where you just say, just get out and do it. You'll feel better. You just got to put the feelings aside and you'll feel better. And then also looking at ways to increase your motivation levels by depositing into your happiness bank, et cetera. And all of those things, I guess, are working on your internal barriers to, to looking after yourself. What about um, our listeners who are finding it difficult to do those things for themselves because of time constraints. You know, they're busy people, um, you know, often have kids that need their attention, busy jobs, etc. What? Do, how do they do? What is their advice on, what is your advice for them on starting the process? And, you know, they may have got out a few times and they've got a novelty factor with the, the exercise or whatever they're doing to look after themselves. How do they um, keep that going when those other priorities in life start pressing in? Yeah, um, look, this is one of the hardest questions to answer because of a mum of um, of two boys who worked full-time from when they were a very little age um, 
you know, I think they were both about eight months old. I know the dilemmas of finding time for yourself is really hard. I was fortunate that I had a husband and we were a really good tag team and that I'd had well-established habits that helped both of us to maintain our physical and mental well-being. But my advice to anyone who finds this concept of, oh, my gosh, I'm too busy to concentrate on me, there's no... There's no time in my day for any me time. If they find that really hard to to digest, I'd love them just to consider this. If you are not putting aside time to invest in your well-being, then you are not going to be putting your best self forward to look after your family. And your family will pick up on this. You may think that you can put yourself second or even at the bottom of the list, But I am telling you with hindsight of experience that if you do this, the time will come when you're not able to help your family in the way that you want to simply because you are not well enough to do so. You can't draw from an empty empty cup. I, I know that. And also think about the role model you want to set up for your children or your grandchildren. They are like sponges and they will pick up on all of your behaviors and actions. If they see that you're not caring for yourself, Um, then you are setting them up to do exactly the same. Now, time out to look after yourself is going to look so different for every single person. Um, It is very much an individual thing. But the main thing I would like to say to people is to try and carve out just a tiny bit of time each day. It doesn't even have to be like half an hour. It could be simply 10 minutes. Um, And if it can't be every day, then at least a couple of times a week to do something that replenishes your energy and and that's going to put you in a positive mindset. Here's a little example. Maybe start by making a list of all the activities that you know energize you and make you feel good. Now, for me, it's it's painting. That's my number one activity. I, I love painting rocks and little garden sculptures and, you know, all things like that. I just lose time and I'm painting and it grounds me and brings me back to the present. Um, I love doing little guided meditations. That's time out for me and that's something that's quite quite simple to do. There's so many little guided meditations you can get on YouTube these days, um, just simply 10 minutes sitting um, down and just doing that is a great relaxation. I love reading a good book. That's like having a a friend next to me all the time. And I love catching up with my girlfriends um, for a hot chocolate or just spending 10 minutes outside in nature. Now, only only the people listening are going to know what lights them up. And, And it's so vital to your well-being to be aware of this. And I know some of people might be going, oh, my God, that sounds really self-indulgent. And, you know, I I don't know if I could possibly do that. But try to see it like this this way. It is an investment into your well-being. And it's so that you can operate at your optimal level to care for your family. It's not an ego-driven, selfish act. But, in fact, it's a necessary act out of love for yourself and your family. I think that's just a really important thing to remember um, that it, it is not selfish. It, it's necessary to do. Um, once you've written your list, then choose just one or two of those activities and, and make some time to see whether you can do them. And maybe you could even, I guess listeners could even write it down as a goal because I know goals are really great to have because you can put an action plan in behind them and and set it up as a goal and therefore you're likely to adhere to it more. 
I love that idea of, you know, prioritizing your own well-being so you're able to be there for others. And I think that's really important, you know, in as a strategy to get over that guilt of spending time doing something that you love, knowing that if you replenish your own stocks, that you'll actually be a better mother, worker, um, employee, um, wife, whatever you might be. Um, yeah, building up your own happiness bank and your own um, resilience is really important for that. That's yeah, it, it's, it's vital, Deanne. I, I can't stress it enough, you know, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take too long, it, even if it is, as I said, that just that 10 minutes or that five minutes just to be able to sit down and take a deep breath and go, okay, time for me now. Yeah. Claire, you've talked a couple of times about your own experiences in life and how you've un- overcome barriers personally. Um, you've shown a lot of insight into your own motivators how did you develop this insight? Was it some kind of training you did, a book you read, or some other educational growth experience for yourself? Uh, well, the first thing I just really want to say here is that happiness doesn't just come knocking at your door saying, hey, here I am, let me in. Uh, it's definitely something that you have to work on, and I have been working on my happiness for a very long time. The Dalai Lama actually says that happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your own actions, and I definitely know this to be true. I think the turning point for me was when I had postnatal depression. It made me realize how quickly life can unravel when your mental health is compromised. It also made me realize that the only person who could turn this around was me. Uh, Even though I had support to get me through it, in the end it came down to me to do the work. Um, Another great learning lesson for me was when I was 38, I was actually diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And if it wasn't for the work that I'd done on my mental and physical health before that, uh, I wouldn't have bounced back so quickly after that. So I was so grateful that I'd taken the time to invest in setting down the habits to get out and do regular exercise and also knowing what I needed to do just to create some positive emotions when life was really heavy. So that was really important for me. And I guess through those lived experiences, I have seen how vital it is to deposit into my happiness account every single day. Um, I think some of the things that helped me on my journey are surrounding myself with positive people. So it's those that add to my life rather than take away. And I'm not saying that you have to do an order and go, right, that person takes away, I'm getting rid of you. (laughs) Um, That's not what I'm suggesting. It's just trying to make sure that you've got a good base of support and you regularly meet up with those people that do fill your cup up. I think that's really important. Uh, Reading and listening to as much information on health and well-being as possible, this always kept me motivated and um, it made me keep realistic about things and always kept it in the forefront of my mind. And this is a really big one for me. It was accepting that negative feelings are are a necessary part of life. And instead of letting them sit in my driver's seat and steer me in the direction that I don't want to go, I actually now go, oh, I know I'm feeling negative. I know this, I'm feeling unpleasant. This is uncomfortable. I'm going to accept that this is happening right at this moment. Um, What are the things in my control that I can work on? What's out of my control that I need to let go? Let me put those negative thoughts in the passenger seat. That way I create some space in my front vision mirror 
Um, they're still coming on the journey with me, but now I've created some space to go, right, what do I need to do that's going to be more helpful, that's going to be put me in a more positive frame of mind to get me to where I want to go next. So that has been really helpful for me. Negative feelings, get out of the driver's seat, put them in the passenger seat, they're coming on the journey with you. You're never going to arrive at happiness. So I think that's really important. It's not a static state. It's more like some fleeting feelings. Um, and if you sit around waiting for happiness to arrive, you're never going to get there. So working on your well-being is an everyday activity. And some days it's going to be easier to do than others. I'm constantly learning about how I can be happier, not only so I feel good, but because I know I operate at my absolute best when I feel happy. And that means that I can help others more readily um, the day I stop learning about this is the day I stop living. So, yeah, so those are some of my really keen, you know, top tips on it. And I'd just like to say to um, to people that if you are keen to know a little bit more about how you can invest in your well-being, um, a really good place to start is uh, a little book that I have written and it's called The Happiness Bank, How to Invest in Your Well-Being. In the book, I've created an action plan and it's called Laughter. It's simple, but it's really effective and anyone can implement it into their life straight away. The book is an easy read and it only takes about 90 minutes to get through it. I think one lady emailed me once and said, Claire, I couldn't put it down. It, you know, I've read it in 90 minutes, so that's really good. But it's also a book you can pop on your coffee table and just pick up at any chapter for a little bit of inspiration. It's like, oh, I've forgotten to do that. Or let me concentrate on, on that little action today um, to put a deposit into my happiness account. So if anyone is interested in in having a look at that, um, you can just go to my website, which is happinessbank.com.au. And if you click on the heading shop at the top, um, you will be able to navigate through to where the book is. But it, it's it's more so just so, you know, there's uh, an action plan underpinning some of this information that people can put in place. Thank you so much, Claire, for your time today. I've learnt lots and I've got plenty of actions to put into my everyday life as well to top up my happiness bank and get rid of the guilt of putting myself first for, you know, a little bit of time every day so that I can be there for others and that, you know, I think that's really important for our listeners. So once again, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. There you have it. Claire Massingham, happiness expert and owner of The Happiness Bank. We'll link all the details about Claire's website in the show notes, so make sure you check them out. The Talking Healthy Tuck Shops podcast is produced by the team at Quast and made possible thanks to funding from Health and Wellbeing Queensland as part of the Healthier Tuck Shops program. To learn more and for the latest tuck shop tips, ideas and advice, visit quast.org.au. Thank you.